Slate Podcast, Season 5. Uh, my name's Brandon Curry, and we'll wait till everyone gets on here and introduce everybody. Um, and I'm Jeff Collins. <laughs> nice, nice here, pick. I'm Josh Bond. Thank you. <laughs> Trevor Lindy. <laughs> you guys are... Anyway, that's, that's good. <laughs> I did, yeah. Anyways, better than a nose. I didn't Curry's do a nose the pick. same nope. clothes from last night. You notice that, Bondo? No, I yeah, you're wearing the blue. same. You didn't even turn your shirt inside out to the reverse <laughs> side. No shit, you're right. <laughs> All right, sleep in, sleep in the car, buddy, or what? No, I didn't sleep in the car. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks everyone for tuning in and um, watching and listening and subscribing. Uh, first and foremost, thank you very much to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard, uh, for continually supporting the podcast, and also to all of our listeners who Thanks support much. and listen, and um, you know, give us uh, all these great ideas. And speaking of loyal listeners and people who always listen and give constructive criticism to the podcast, Mr. Jeff Chesbro is with us today, longtime listener, first time guest. Thanks for coming on, Mr. Chesbro. Thanks for having me. And I love the word constructive. Uh, that's That means I've been a pain in the ass since you guys have been doing this. So That's right. Hey, it's great. But, it, but no, very few people actually have, you know, the, I mean, we, I mean, we wouldn't be friends with you if you, if you weren't, but I mean, like you're very just honest, direct, and we've made tweaks and a lot of builds and stuff like that from a lot of our listeners, but specifically yourself um, for the last five years now, four and a half years now. So appreciate it. Um, but we we needed to get you on because I I heard you on a, a, on another podcast which we'll we'll definitely promote. He he, he does a great job, um, and uh, really wanted to have our listeners um, tune in because we've had a couple questions over the years on board of directors, board governance, like how to operate. But let's um, can you just lead into um, your background? And, you know, what got you to where you are, your designations, et cetera, just so the, the listeners kind of, I mean, I, I think you live in infamy, but I mean, not <laughs> everyone might not. I think not everyone subscribes to the Jeff Chesbro Weekly Magazine. There you go. First of all, it sounds like I missed a hell of a meeting last night. Um, it was good. You did. It was, it was nice. A good time. Yeah. I haven't missed many. I, I missed one last night. But Opa! Anyway, yeah. That's, I, you can't go wrong. Great with food. food. So Always. Uh, I mean, you folks around the table have known me a long time, uh, some more than others, but uh, for quite a long time. Um, my background is, is a lot of volunteerism. Uh, I'm actually in a charity group with all you guys as well. So, um, but yeah, it's my background is volunteerism, and that got me interested in uh, a group called the JCs, St. Catherine's JCs, a junior chamber, uh, and got on the board, became the president, etc., and, and just started digging in and how organizations are governed. We got trained very well on how to run meetings, good governance, et cetera. Um, and I had the task of rewriting bylaws that hadn't been written in like 40 years. So our, our organization had allowed women in for probably 20 years and the bylaws still stated uh, no women. So I thought, mm, if these were governed, we should probably change those. And that led to another thing, led to another thing, which put me on, I, I've been, I was vice chair of CAA, the Canadian Albion Association of Niagara for a bunch of years. I was on a Canadian credit union, Meridian Credit Union's board for a bunch of years, and I, I currently am on uh, a chair and an advisory board right now for a tech company. Uh, I'm on a investment board for a real estate company, and I am on my own board of directors and CEO of a company called Innovate Niagara. So uh, my background as well, I, I am a charter director. I do have a university designation in this stuff, um, but you got to really live it to learn it. 
Uh, and I'm also involved in Canadian Council of Innovators. I'm in their innovation, innovation governance program. They've got uh, two levels and I, I'm starting the second level ne next week, week after, something like that. So this is near and dear to me. Uh, good governance is very important uh, as we've seen in the news lately. Yeah, and uh, also that's where you and I met was the JCs. It was. You were eighteen. Someone. You were yeah, 18. twenty some one years ago. It was so yeah. nice. It was Korea's was calm compared to what it used to be, guys. Wow. I was. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Here he um, wasn't very uh, calm on the weekend, though. <laughs> oh no! What, what? Oh no! No no! Yeah, those stories will. Yeah, anyway, I don't even know where to go. I had the joy yeah. of rooming with Brandon for four days last week, just for you know. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah like it's 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 yeah the, that's in quotation is joy is quotations actually it's um, easy curry's easy he's easy like me so we're good we're just two peas in a pod with uh like one a very question quite like, i actually anyway. said at one point in the airport curry's like my third kid and he's actually the stupid one uh and all the guys love <laughs> So if anyone actually is listening and you hear us bicker, it's, it's totally normal. This has been 20 some odd years of Jeff and I. So that's totally. I, I have to apply. This is interesting to me because I'm used to be on, on uh, a little more buttoned up podcast. I was lucky enough. Uh, I do a morning round table on a regular AM station here, which I did this morning. Very different approach than what we're doing right now, folks. So yeah, I gotta, totally. and the fact that I listen quite a bit and I know you folks, I, I know this is a little bit of a different uh, all over the place conversation. So looking forward to it. Yep. Once so, we're done, you can let us know which one you enjoy more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you'll put his foot as well because he still likes those round tables. Yeah. Uh, I do it might be an weeks. off the record thing. Yeah, they keep yeah. coming back. You know what? The, the, I'm, we're lucky. Brandon's on the show as well, different times. I've actually been on with him, but we have, a, I'll call a local legend named Tim Dennis here, deserves a shout out. He just does, he is a community leader here and just does a great job. Um, and I'm lucky enough to join his round tables once every couple weeks. Yeah, likewise. That's a very good shout out there. Uh, I mean, Tim has taken that uh, morning roundtable, that morning show uh, on uh, 610 CKTV uh, and made it the uh, number one morning show AM and FM in Niagara, which is great. And he's a good supporter of our, also our charity as well, which is it's really yeah. humbling to, you know, big supporter that him and Tom McConnell as well in the afternoon. So that's great to, to have that, to have good local content and good supporters. Now, the, the questions, and so anyone that's watching us live or listening to us live, uh, please feel free in the chat, uh, our usual listeners, um, if you have any questions or concerns. This is kind of, we'll just briefly touch on, like, what's, you know, obviously there's been a lot of governance and board of directors um, stuff in the news as of late. If you listen to Dean's podcast, he's covered it. Uh, a lot of other podcasts and news organizations have covered it. So we're not going to beat it to death. It's been, it's been covered. It's done. However, um, because you have, you're have, you a certified uh, director, um, Jeff, with, with this, and I think a lot of questions have come up both on the morning roundtable and on just in general conversation and people that are listening and watching. Um, like how the heck does, does, do these things happen? Like, you know, like what, what, like, I guess what, what, how do you properly structure an organization maybe is the first question to prevent different things on boards from happening and stopping systemic, uh, behavior. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very boring because it starts with your bylaws. That's what actually governs the organization, how you onboard, offboard directors, uh, how you correspond, all the rest of it. And and if 
you don't follow those or don't understand those, um, they can be used as a weapon. Um, and you know, and, and you've seen it. Um, I'll go back to even looking at um, looking at Rogers. I'm, and I'm not sure how long that ago that was now. It was six eight months ago, folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was a that was a boardroom battle that involved bylaws um, on how to govern and who gets control of the organization. And that's what the bylaws state. So. As you folks know, I'm very much a process-based guy, and, and whether it leads you to the answer you want or not, that, that is the answer, unfortunately, and if you're on the wrong side of it. That, things happen when people ignore the process and make decisions around it and, and don't utilize those bylaws and don't, don't, uh, don't understand them and don't have prior uh, actual practice. Um, you've seen it, as you said, with the Rogers side, just it's used as a weapon. So for anyone looking to get involved in boards or understanding them, first of all, you a, have a passion for whatever you're getting involved in, whatever organization, but B, understand the rules, understand their financial statements, because you're on the hook when you get involved. If you join a board and it is a shit show as an organization, you are on the hook. And everyone says, well, we have directors and officers insurance and, and Bondo, I know I'll, uh, you can chime in more than I am, but, uh, you know, I went through a half module in, in director's college and like basically on insurance and things like that because directors and officers liability insurance is not to protect the director, it's to protect the victim. And as we know, insurance companies don't, don't lose. So if you are not, if you do not prove that you are, were uh, acted in good faith and fiduciary, had fiduciary responsibility, ask great questions, you are liable. Um, and that's what most folks don't really get is that you're putting yourself out there on these things. The first actual 20 minutes of director's college for my charter designation is why do you actually want to do this? You're not, you should not do this. Yeah. Really? There's definitely, definitely exposures, uh, personal exposures, even with director's liability insurance for sure, Jess. Absolutely. I mean, it's a director's liability insurance is going to provide you with some protection for the individual as well, right? Just because the payout goes to the victim, it's still, covers you from not having to pay it out of your pocket directly. Unless you did not do your due diligence and, and, sure. and exhibited sure. financial responsibility. If you yeah. didn't ask the question and you were asleep at the wheel, sorry, yeah. but the insurance company's coming after you. If you did whatever you did and it led you, that's why the process, if you did your duty and you still made the wrong decision, as yeah. long as you did your duty, it doesn't mean that you have to make the right decision all the time. The insurance is there to protect it. But if you didn't do your, your duty uh, and duty of care, then you're, uh, you're going to get, you're in, you're in trouble. More, more so in a negligent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or you just weren't paying attention. You know what? I, I missed three meetings. I didn't read the minutes. I'm on this board because they wanted my name. I don't even know what's going on. That's yeah. See, I, I understood. I understood that director's liability insurance would cover the director in that instance. So I not mean, if they're I, negligible. Not if they yeah, don't. Yeah. It's not like carte blanche. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know no. too many insurance companies that lose money. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I can speak for that, and no, they do not. Right, right, and if the if you didn't do your job, they're not protecting you. Um, And and that's that's for arbitration court, as you know, Bono. You can decide whether that's positive or not. But uh, you know, you see it when folks get on boards and really have no clue. You know, oh, I just want to help the community. I want to do this, and 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 that's a good and bad thing as well, is because when I end up or other people with board experience end up with those folks, um, they don't necessarily understand the rules of engagement or what sometimes it's things move a little quickly because you're not operational. That's Those are committee people, right? Chaz, those should be committee people and not, not directors. And I think people yep. confuse the two, right? Yep. Uh, way too often. Cause a director should very much know the intricacy of the organization, regardless of what, what it is, right? Like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. the paperwork is there. Like you said, you, you've got your bylaws. If you want to amend your bylaws, there's going to be a process 
right within there often enough to yeah. amend those bylaws, right? But like you said, it's annoying and procedurally uh, time-consuming. Yeah, and it's beyond – it is the bylaws, and they guide it, but there's also how you do things, right? Like I yeah. – it was the least sexy thing I've ever done. I think it took a year and a half. Uh, we fortunately had a lawyer who uh, was a member at the time and assisted me and gave me guidance through. But you know what? Uh, not that I had to, but I got all the retired – like as many group of retired men- members, we call them senators. Who was the lawyer? The uh, Luciana Tamillo. Nice. Good yeah. to give him a shout out if he was helping you out. Oh, she, she, uh, Luciana she was, was, this nice. was, and we're going back and I'm, I'm even worse with years now, but we're going back probably at least 15 years, at least. Good. Uh, it was one of the last things I did in the group, actually. I age out at 40. So it was actually, nah, maybe not that long ago then, 10 to all, but, um, uh, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, there's, there's, yeah. And there's two different types too. Some of these boards are, are operational. Uh, so yes. if it is a volunteer, the JCs, or if it is a community group raising money, those are, you know, operational. Then the others are government governance boards, right? Those are the ones that, you know, you don't get involved in the day to day. It's very much a macro side of things. So you actually have to understand what you're getting involved in and what you want to get involved in too. So, um, I guess that there's a couple key things that you've taught on that you, you've caught on to here. And these are, these, these are the kind of the lessons that you've told me over the years that we've known each other. And as a matter of fact, it's some things that you've, You've mentioned because you know, like I'm very involved in the community, like a lot of the guys on the on the, the on the round uh, on this podcast here, and, and you know, I, I've been asked to sit on a couple basically charity boards. Bondo, I was on one with you, and mm-hmm. uh, we we will not mention any names or organizations because we we both stepped away from that organization for all the right reasons and for most of the right reasons that Ches is talking about, yeah. and then. One recently during COVID, I was asked to, to hop on, uh, and I lasted maybe for a cup of coffee. Um, and Bondo, I and and Chez, I both called you um, in regards to advice because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that as a board of director, you can be liable for up to two years for any decisions that you've made within the organization. So, um, any decision that you are making and or are negligent on or you ignore to to everything that Jeff is saying. Um, you got it. You got it. These are not um, willy nilly uh, boards, right? Like, no. you, you know, a lot of people do these things to build the resume which, and, and to also get involved in the community, which is all great things. But the sometimes the cons can outweigh the pros. And I quickly asked for advice from uh, Bond and Jeff uh, on what I should do. And both you gentlemen said, don't walk, run, um, based on what was happening in the organization. And, uh, well, I, I mean, I appreciated that, but, uh, uh you want to touch on that a bit, Jeff, on, on the ignorance that, that sometimes people, you know, maybe expand on that. And what, 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 if you are asked to go in, onto a board, what is, what are some of the things that you look out for? Yeah. So don't walk, run is based <clears throat> on a very specific example that you're using. Yes. Sometimes you don't, want to run or walk because the decisions that are made after you um, around that particular item that you're having an issue with, you're still involved with. So sometimes it's better to stay and see the matter through the end, because if not, the decisions are going to be made that you're going to wear an egg on your face for. So just that, that's a caution as well as it isn't a, a general, there aren't general policies here that I would say. Stick around because you can voice a dissent, right? Essentially, Chess. Yeah, you're in the minute saying it. You've t- you've said it. You've said it. Everyone's hearing your voice, whether the vote goes your way or not. But if you run, you're dealing with the decisions that the others are making on your behalf, and you're still going to be eating it at the end of the day. But um, I, I'd say the 
biggest thing with boards is spend time up front getting to know the CEO, getting to know the dynamics of the board, getting to know how they operate. Um, you know, I, I, I was on vice chair of the CA Niagara board for a bunch of years. I think I was on it five or six years when I got first interviewed for that position. It was because I had actually turned down a high profile board of directors before that. And it was, it's, uh, uh, I'm not going to name it, but it's a very prominent board of directors that had governance issues. And I put my name forward because I thought, uh, this is a big, a big thing that I, I'd like to help fix. Um, I was offered a position on the board, but at the same time, with all the governance issues, they were uh, void of a general manager and they went out and they hired the chair of, as the general manager of the organization. And I thought, you just did it again. Like you just did exactly the stuff you, you're not supposed to be doing. So I actually said, thanks, but no thanks. And when I reviewed at uh, uh, CAA, uh, at the end of the panel, the, the gentleman, and I'll give him a shout out, great, great longstanding member of the community, Bruno Iafredi, Bruno said, I don't, I, I don't know who got interviewed here, you or us. Uh, because I was, think I asked them way more questions about the organization than they did me. So um, you really need to spend your time. And, and I, I love member-based organizations um, for me and, and CA in our, in our region has, I think, 130,000 members out of 450,000 people here. So it's, it's a very um, involved organization in the community. Um, and, and as I said, same with Meridian, I love member-based organizations. So, um, that's near and dear to me. That's why I got involved. I, I get asked to join quite, I got an email at 10 o'clock today asking me to join a, a board that, that volunteer one in the community this time, but it's, um, you, you can only do so many when I see those folks with like eight boards, it's, you're not doing anyone any service except building your resume. I'm waiting to see you on a fireman's calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's what we should do our professional insight calendar. Hey, eh? all of us in our <laughs> nobody yeah. wants to see us eh? on a calendar yeah. at all. No, I think we, we could raise we could raise money not money. to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could do it not to. People would pay yeah. not to do that. Either yeah, so that start or... sending us money so we don't do it. <laughs> hey. Just an idea, though, guys. Dad bods are Why... in style now, eh? Dad bod calendar. <laughs> Why don't we throw my trailer in for the mm -hmm. the summer months, right? But uh -huh. different aspects of the trailer, like a photo of the washroom. And can we use the washroom? Wow. No. Okay. Oh no. Well, can we be we naked. We're gonna toilet? throw shit at his trailer. Oh my god! Throw it at his trailer. trailer. I don't understand it. Good news, though, on the side note, we do have, uh, I don't know where it is, uh, Rookie, if you can put it up, but we got, I think we got stuff on the um, the shop. You can buy our shirts or something in, in our cups. <laughs> we, got, we got a couple of fun shirts. shitting in his trailer, yeah. right? <laughs> All right. He said, give me a second. So we will we're definitely. We're going to retire it. off his trailer. In it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be hilarious. There's a hashtag #scrotalks one. There's uh, the you know don't shit my trailer one. I think we need a um, new one about the uh, dad bod calendar. Dad, eh? hashtag, I think that would yeah, make some money. Hashtag dad bod. That, that would, would be a good money. one. Hashtag dad bod. Put professional yeah. insight because we all definitely have dad bods. But I think the only one that's saying that dad bods are sexy are the people with dad bods. So no, oh, yeah, I heard anyway. it was a thing. It was a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really cut, and then I decided to go oh, to the dad got bod it. So because were, of that. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. in great shape. You were in great shape, and then you just thought, "Dad bods are in. I'm going to let myself go." <laughs> Got to follow the trends. Uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I, I was uh, I was ahead of the trend there, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tra trailblazer. You're the trailblazer. Yeah, you're the trailblazer. <laughs> you started. You started it all. Um, uh, maybe maybe so, we'll put a poll. Put a poll up. Yeah, Rookie, put, a, put poll. a poll up. Dad bod calendar. Let's Dad see if these guys got the yes balls no. to put it up. We'll get 12 <laughs> guys with terrible bodies. and Yeah, that'd be speedos. freaking hilarious, actually. 
Um, okay, Don't so if you're, starting, if, if you're starting an organization, uh, this is more to Bondo and to Chez. Um, oh, he's got the merch, so he's going to put that up. I don't know how he's going to do that, but oh, there he is. Oh, look at that. <laughs> that I just awesome. shit in Trevor's trailer. <laughs> I am buying that shirt. We should buy that, <laughs> that shirt amazing. for Trevor's family. Eh? We can give it to Trevor's family for it. And they can all shit oh, in my it. God. That's hilarious. Don't shit one. in the trailer. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's I good. like that. I like him too. A little piece of shit, shit on the back, back or something. This is good. Where the hell did we get that model, though? Like, what the hell? Seriously? I don't know. Is it's a, a stock model. Hey. Yeah, it's a mannequin. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly but doesn't have a dad bod. Definitely yeah, doesn't have a dad bod. bod. We need, get him, get we need him a new one that says hashtag dad bod. You never that know. They could shit. be those true tees that are really cut well. Uh, right. It does, yeah. say, unisex. It does say unisex. It's like a corset. Eh? It just sucks. It's got like spanks. <laughs> so go to the Dean Blendell uh, web pod, uh, network website, and you can click on the shop, and you can buy them there. Um, thanks to everyone. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice plug, eh, for our, our, our yeah. merchandise. I'm just I'm pretty pumped. We got we got merch. This is pretty cool. Um, what was it gonna say? The I still uh, want to see Chaz in the calendar. That's all. No, oh, that's that. that'd be good. That'd be good. I'll do one of the cold months. Yeah. <laughs> couple, couple turkey pointers coming out, eh? Like just just doing this. I thought it was um, for shrinkage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be ashamed so, of shrinkage. It happens, guys. It's it happens. Part of life. It's cold. It's cold. You gotta accept right? it. Um, so if Do women actually think order- that's a joke, though? The shrinkage? What? Yeah, I think it's like they think it's like a fake thing. No, I show my wife oh, all the time. She loves it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But some girls, for sure, she loves jo- it. <laughs> she loves it. She loves it. Just shrinkage. don't ask her. She yeah. loves the shrinkage and dad bod. That's great. Yeah. yeah, she loves the shrinkage. I got the right <laughs> woman for me. I tell you. Yeah. Look at yeah. the little turtle. Yeah, huh? she's- <laughs> yeah. You might want to take her to an optometrist, bud. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So back to the um, that was a good that was a nice little you know detour um, talking about shrinkage and our merch store. I got to bring um, something to the party, guys. So. <laughs> no, that's fine. But here's something like in all seriousness, here's something uh, you know, Collins uh, and you know, Lindy and I, we've all started companies, and you know, same. I know Chaz, you have, and bonded yourself with your LLP and stuff like that. But when you, this is more to Chez and Bond at the same time, it's just like, what are the things that people should really look out for when opening and creating a, a corporation where you do need a board of directors? And maybe it's not so much uh, like a proprietorship, but like definitely where it, it's a multi-member organization or, um, you know, you're going to have more than just a president, like, you know, a, a chair and a secretary. It's going to be like, you know, several board members. What are some of the things that you guys suggest should be in the bylaws that you've seen missed? Um, and you've walked up and you're like, wait a second, like what the, you don't have a this, that. And I think Chez, you said one time you, you joined an organization and they didn't have even director's insurance. Yeah. There's, you had there's well, there's interesting that, you know, there's stuff with that and Bondo, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to go from the legal side first Bondo? No, you, you go Chez. There's so many different facets yeah that I've seen missed in your bylaws, right? Like, I mean, I can talk at lengths from the exiting of a director to the length and term of directors. Like, I mean, it's, it's your Bible. You know what I mean? It's your your bylaws or your Bible, you know, for your corporation. And that's, it should be structured as such. 
Anyways, no, you go, Chess. Uh, so a little bit of my background, I, I've been involved in, in working in a lot of tech companies for a lot of years. Um, I exited my last company in 2008. Um, actually still in business with, uh, two of the founders, the three of us are still, uh, still working together and, uh, and, and actually on an advisory tech board together and things like that. It was a family decision, not a life decision. We had taken a company to become one of the fastest growing companies in Canada back in the mid to early two thousands. Uh, and I stepped away for family reasons and I was lucky enough to start an organization that I work at now called Innovate Niagara. So we work with tech, well, with startups a lot in the tech field, I shouldn't say tech startups. And, uh. It, I was fortunate enough that it sounds stupid, but I left a startup uh, to start a startup to help startups is essentially what I did. And it was myself and a lawyer, uh, shout out Joe McCallum. Uh, so it was the two of us and there was no bank account and no, no accountant, uh, no nothing. It was literally, we had letters patent, which is the um, incorporation for a not-for-profit. And I had to build the bylaws out. So once again, it's, it's building that, as you said, Bono, building that Bible on how, how you're going to interact and, you know, writing in, we had partners, uh, we had the university in our, our city here in the region and our college, all partner founding partners in this organization. So, you know, how, how do you write the bylaws to add and, and subtract those folks and, and how do you pick a chair and all the rest of it. So I had the joy of doing these and we've revised them many times over the years, not a ton. I mean, I don't, the bylaws shouldn't be something that you, you know, or looking at every day. Um, but if they're done well, right? Correct. Correct. And, and time does change things, right? And there are cruxes, you know, you know, uh, when you have not for profits, there's going to be just little things that are, you know, the things, you know, in your bylaws that don't necessarily make sense, but they are the way they are. And we have, you know, we've got one in our bylaws that our, our partner institutions will always have a, a seat. Um, now it's up to them to put the name forward of who they'd like to take their seat. Doesn't mean our board of directors have to accept that person. They can kick them back and say, "Nope, we don't want that person. We send someone else." So um, it uh, it's very important, obviously, on who you have and 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 what you have and and how you build that out. So, as I said, I've been fortunate enough that I I've been through this in a real life example, uh, real life example to to go through this and actually do this and and build it out. And that's you know we have exited board members. We have exited. I mean, there's I've got tons of stories on how these were actually used. Um, and and you know. And you got to know the rules because when board members uh, decide that they're above the bylaws, there's some challenges. I had you know, a nasty I mean, one up north uh, oh, go when it. I was when I was working, and, uh, it, and and it had to deal with a not-for-profit. Um, I believe it, it was First Nation uh, corporation, and. Um, I guess the way that uh, some of these boards are structured is it's familial, right? So there's two large families and one family vote, if they've got a bigger majority, they vote in, uh, you know, their family members and they, they run the corporation, right? So, and it, had, it gets really, 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 really nasty. And it got to a point where, there were essentially threats, you know, made on other people's lives and like this huge uh, membership driven um, um, uh, get together uh, to amend the bylaws essentially. And it was, it, it gets nasty, right? Uh, depending yeah. on uh, who's at the table and what's in the paperwork. So a good, good, good indication, obviously first, you know, like Chez said, uh, 
read the mission statement, you know, make sure it aligns with you, but just don't stop there um, to be a director, you know, read, read the bylaws, right? Read the bylaws and, and really understand how the corporation is structured because you are going to be accountable are partially accountable for that corporation. Yeah. See, see, I got a question for you guys. You, Bond, you and Curry both helped me very much with my bylaws and all that when we formed Bridge and Quarry and all that. Can you guys say some crucial bylaws you'd say, whether it be, you know, super important that you have to do in any time of a startup? What would you say? I know there's a yeah, you got to get your bond. Did. What other stuff? Term limits. Yeah, I'll talk about. Mm. Sorry, Bondo, you go ahead. No, these are the things I want to know because I do represent other people that are starting up as build companies too. And obviously I always guide them to you yeah. guys anyways, but what would you say to them is, is crucial when you're starting up? You get term limits? What else? It depends. Term limits, uh-huh. when I say that, that more community-based organizations as far as owner-based and proprietor-based. Yeah, but yeah. if I go in an organization, they don't have to, I've been on one, they don't have term limits. And it's, you know, once you're past 10, 12 years, you're closer to the organization than the CEO is. And, and you know, I've... um. I, I, I was at a retirement ceremony for a group I was involved with for two board members and they had a combined 54 years experience, both great community folks, but I cringed. I was the only one going, Ugh, like, ee. and uh, I was involved with implementing term limits. It's, it's, you know, you need to have that structure that these people are not lifers. And, you know, and that's where, that's where you run into, you know, the hands getting the cookie jar and the rest of it, it becomes a little too close. And, and so uh, not uh, um, to your point, Jeff, not necessarily when you're building a startup and the rest of it, although those are part of the process. Um, mm. But yeah, it depends on the maturity of the organization. I'll say is it's very dependent on, on that and ownership share. Right. Yeah. yeah. On to over from, to you from, from more the, the private sector uh, corp, Jeff, what we're going to do is we're going to do their bylaw number one, bylaw number two. Uh, number two is usually their borrowing bylaw. Um, and not bylaw number one uh, is the structure bylaw, right? So how the the organization conducts business. If yeah, you're the, talking, buy, the, the buy-sell agreement, too. You guys made me push that through. Can you oh, that's that? a shareholder's agreement. Huge. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's Massive. the first thing you want to do. That's and that's what you guys made sure I did it. Can you guys explain it more in detail for the viewers? Now, I'm going to drive a distinction here because there's two types of corporate entities. Jeff operates in the for-profit. Uh, Jeff Collins operates in the for-profit. Jeff uh, Chesbro operates in the not-for-profit most well, instances. Depending. I, I operate in both worlds, but it depends on Correct. what I'm wearing, yes, right? Yes, yes. I, I sit yeah. on for-profit and not-for-profit boards. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to drive a hard distinction yeah. uh, with you, Chesy, but um, and the structure of the entity is completely different when it's for-profit and not-for-profit. Right? right. So the, the for-profit, you're looking at bylaw number one, bylaw number two, your lawyer is normally going to take care of that when they're uh, incorporating the entity, Jeff. Okay. So Jeff, I've used to buy sell. So so uh, like imp- like my last company we had, we was there was three partners, and we had there's a couple things. We had life insurance on each person. Um, really? Had, yep. <laughs> on each person in the organization. You got you got Curry. Curry's peaked interest. <laughs> for some for some reason, I had two hundred grand more than my two other partners, which always make me. Kind of yeah. On your life? Yeah, in my life. My I had 200 grand more than both of them. 
So I always question. It's still a joke today. They never really straighten it why that that is. But uh, they always fed you the extra drink. Eh? They were all one point two, and I was one point four. And this is yeah. going back for like fifteen years. So it must um, have been because you were the trailblazer. Oh, yeah. must have been. I had yeah. two years. I was two years older than both of them. That's there a big you, joke. That's about. why. But uh, yeah. but yeah. But the idea with that was, you know, you, you're it's your prenup. You know the the how to get out of it before it goes and whether it goes south, whether it doesn't. Like it wasn't a business decision for me when I left my organization. It's you know we were in Toronto, Detroit. Our head office was in Sarnia, and we were in Niagara. And I used to wake up every Monday and leave the house at five fifteen to be in Sarnia for a few days, and then maybe in Detroit, maybe in Toronto. I had children. It was not. Yeah, that part of my life, I had regrown where I, the operational side of the business could handle up to 50 employees. We were at about 25 at the time. So I moved into sales and you, that I was replaceable. Matter, crazy. Yeah. So it was like, it was a life decision, but you know what? Uh, I signed the buy seller lawyer's office, hugged my old business partners and uh, their dad was our lawyer. And he said, you know what? You guys are going to be in business together. Timing is everything. And you know, here we are a month ago. I, I spent, uh, I spent time in Sarnia, just, uh, my old business partner's place. And three, three of us are together in another organization now that we invested in sit on a board on. So it makes it easy to get out when you know, like, this is what it is. And for those of you listening on buy sell is, is that, you know, if, if Collins and I are partners and I want to get out, the, the, I'm dumbing this down, Bondo, please jump in. Yeah. You know 100%. what, if, if I want to get out, yeah, if I want to get out, and 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 the offer is made that you know a dollar a share the person who is receiving the offer has the opportunity to say okay a dollar a share i'll take it and i'll take yours for that buck so yep. it gives the opportunity to say you know so that someone isn't submarining someone but you yep. know negotiating yep. in good faith i'll say and if it's ugly it's ugly anyways so yep. the bylaws are going to help the buy sell is going to help but you're still going to have call bondo's friends and it's going to get ugly but yep. that's the purpose of the buy sell is that we know buy sell is commonly terms. referred to as a shotgun clause too you got right? it yeah yeah so prenup's the best way to put it kind of right it's more or less it's prenup but yeah. once it hits to bondo's points a shotgun clause i offer you a dollar i want your shares you say you know what ah i like that deal i'm going to give you the dollar Thank and i get much. to have all your shares so whoever makes the offer first is actually the one that doesn't decide. It's the one who gets the offer that says, huh, you want to give me 50 cent dollars? I'll take that. See you later. And uh, force, force is the first piece of person to be reasonable, though. Yeah, it 100 percent does. Right. So yeah. if I offered you Collins a buck 25 and you're like, I wouldn't go over a buck. Yeah, I'll give you a buck 25. Take, take my shares for a buck 25. See ya. Yeah, I'm out. Um, right. So that that's that's what it does, because, you know, you, it's easier, as you know, to figure things out when you're getting along. And usually at the beginning, when you're doing things like buy, sell and things like that, it's the honeymoon phase. You're, you know, we're in business together. We're going to rule the world. It's when, you know, when the, the receivables don't come in and your four POs get dropped and the rest of it, that's not to be time to be trying to negotiate how to do an exit. Now, the other thing piece is, is the one thing I heavily, uh, Collins, you still have more to go, but anyway, um, is, is the insurance side of the business because we've seen and bond and, and, and Chez have both seen, um, this happen where one of the business partners die. And a lot of people don't realize this is that if your bylaws are not structured properly and you don't have a proper buy sell agreement and the, you know, there's no exiting clause and et cetera. And one of the partners becomes critically ill or disabled um, or, you know, unfortunately passes away. Um, you need insurance and critical illness and disability insurance of some shape, way or form that can make the organization whole so that you're not scrambling to find the money to pay the estate that owns the shares. Um, or in some cases, and this is what happened to a case that we, um, that we turned around and, and we dealt with in, in the Niagara <clears throat> region, 
um, the one of the business partners um, passed away, one of three, and uh, the wife was the person who received the shares of the deceased um, of the deceased partner and under no circumstances did they want the, the, the wife didn't want anything to do with the business. And, um, quite frankly, um, you know, she wanted to be bought out at the fair market value. Um, now with that being said, they didn't have any insurance. They didn't listen to my business partner, Doug at the time. And so they had to go, they had to go in and they had to basically, um, finance it through a bank and turn around and take a massive loan out and uh, buy out the buy out the the wife. Then the recession hit, 0809. And so now you're going into a recession um, with massive amounts of debt. Your everyone, as we know, in 0809, 10, um, everything came to a, a screeching halt in a lot of in a, in a lot of fi- especially around the financing pieces. A lot of loans got called. Um, and so then now you have this loan, uh, you have business slowing down. You have this loan that is outstanding. The bank wants payments. You can't make those payments. And then the next thing you know, um, you've got, um, you, they went bankrupt. And, and through no fault of their own, um, but they just didn't have the right mechanisms in, in place in order to finance a buy, sell, and a buyout. Um, it's, you know, it's mutually exclusive. So the life insurance, critical illness or disability insurance that you have on yourself and your family, that's your own, think of it as your own corporation, your own entity. And then the buy sell insurance and, 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 and disability and critical illness that's in place in the entity itself, they're mutually exclusive because the organization is the one that receives the benefit and has then the liquid cash to pay out the shares, um, either on a promissory note or, or, or a redeemable uh, share basis. Um, I don't know. Bondo and uh, uh, Chef, do you want to maybe uh, – Chesbro, do you want to talk He's about that? Chef. Or maybe... That's a new yeah. one. Chef. Who's yeah, Chef? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go – I was going to say Chez, and then it went Jeff and Chez. Chef. 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 We're going to call you Chef from now on. Chef. See, the purpose of our insurance, to be honest with you, was twofold is uh, a we weren't paying ourselves anything which is startup so we would at that point you know we would rather hire employee 26 than pay ourselves at that point that was just our choice in investing in the company so the purpose was twofold is a to buy out the partner spouse whoever because our bylaw like the way our corporation was structured the the spouse or plus one or whatever was not getting involved in the business that was the way it was written so a uh if i say something happens to me um, the idea was I have to be replaced. That work I do at the organization is not going away. So mm. we have to compensate someone at fair market value because I was yeah. doing it for nothing. You know, we had to pay, we had a benchmark to say, if, if any one of us goes, this is what it's going to cost to actually hire someone. Can so you that cover that with key person insurance as well? I, pro- I, I'll ask Curry on that. This is just yeah. what we handled it. We I'm just throwing it. that out there. because Probably. There's probably different ways. At this time, it was like, you know, 1922, I think, was when this happened because I'm 9900. You, but, but it was to re- A, to pay the partner or spouse or estate, we'll say the estate, and B, hire the replacement to keep the company going. Because, you know, we unfortunately, you know, we went through, we had a, a, a lot of family at, my, at the company I was at. And unfortunately, 
you know, I lived with my one business partner in Sarnia for five years and we had a, you know, his, his 28 year old brother, unfortunately passed away. Um, who was a big part and his family's a big part and it was on the West coast. So my, my business partner was gone for a couple months. I went from, and this is the, the real of the startup. I, I would live during the week at his house with his wife. And then I would go home on the weekend um, and my wife at the time and live there. And then I'm sorry, I would go because he was on the West coast. They had businesses there he had to deal with. And that's, you were married, those folks. I answered the door at three o'clock in the morning to find out his brother had passed. By seven o'clock, I sat down with him for an hour to figure out what I was taking off his plate because he was flying out at like 10 o'clock to go to BC. So it's like, everyone's like, it's, it's you know, all the you're doing everything with these folks. So to have all these safeguards in place and to understand this stuff is to me, it's just very, very important because life, like you're married to these folks. Well, and I think that's it. There's a lot of there's a lot of ignorance that surrounds that. And then the question initially was, key person. So to your to your point, Bondo, the the key person is in insurance is for a key employee that is not a shareholder of the organization. Okay. So right. So like Jeff and his two business partners um, can't take key person insurance out on themselves because there's a there's a Conflict of interest, right? Okay. Like, are you talking right? about Jeff or Jeff? Which Jeff? Uh, uh, both, both. Uh, okay. He 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 now has a dual personality. So far, I've been called so, Jeff, Chef, and Chez, and Chez. Yeah. So I got four names so far on here. Four that that means you're doing good. The more nicknames, the better you are. Yeah, and none of them are you profane. See. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wait until some of our listeners and viewers give you a nickname. No, Uncle there, Chaz. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll do that. <laughs> also known as Uncle Chaz. Here we go. Keep it going, boys. Uncle yeah. Chaz. You see. You see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the key. So that's why when it comes to disability, you can do disability insurance on a partner, but you can't but that partner is obviously a key person. So that 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 can't be they 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 cancel each other out. So and I know this because I've had I've had a couple clients ask me that. And basically go, hey, can I do key person insurance on myself? <laughs> no, because there's a conflict of interest that you would claim on that insurance policy because you're a key person. Um, but can you pay it to a corporate entity? The corporation can take in like disability yeah, insurance yeah. out on 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 somebody. Yes, um, or the uh, or critical illness. So basically, when a corporation takes out or is the insured or the owner of the policy we call that the insured um and the the person who is insured which is the life insured um and then the beneficiary is automatically the corporation as long as the corporation is the owner and the payor and then that goes back into the corp same with critical illness and same with disability um but uh for another episode the the life insurance is the one that can fl flow through the capital dividend account uh, uh, assuming that there's no adjusted cost base, but the uh, critical illness and disability can't do go through the CDA. Um, That's probably something that we should revisit. It's something that you did go to uh, in, you spoke at in depth about a couple of years back, but it's so important that it's probably something that would be approved for an episode, uh, especially now on the new platform too, Brett. Okay, definitely. We can definitely do that for sure. But uh, yeah, so it is important that a buy-sell is written down. Uh, an execution clause is written down. Um, but then on top of that, there is money set aside. And because in, in some cases, um, the person might be not insurable. That's quite possible. Well, then once you go through that process and you find out that person is not insurable, okay, well, then now 
you know that there is a, and you got to remember uh, to, to, to Jeff's Jeff Chesbro's point, Chesy, uncle Ches, Jeff. to his point Jeff. at the beginning of this episode. And that was insurance companies don't lose money. They're not in the business to lose money. They're in the business to make money. And so if some, if they're not willing to insure somebody, what does that tell you? That means they're putting them on an actuary table and going, yeah, that's way too much risk there for whatever reason, <laughs> whatever reason. So you as your business partner has to sit there and go, okay, there's a higher probability holding everything else constant. And let's say I'm in business with Josh, that Josh is going to die before me because of his health concerns or whatever he does in his life. And it's none of my business, but I need to know that. So therefore now the corporation can write a bylaw to earmark money to set aside to set aside what you can do um even in a not-for-profit uh but there needs to be procedures in place to earmark money um that is only to be used to buy out shares of the organization if need be um and that's why why i strongly encourage all organizations to go through that and this is that's the kind of that's the sweet spot that our organization likes to to, to kind of meddle in because it, it's something that you know we, we find extremely interesting and and, and what have you, but, but no, but I mean, it's they're very good points, Curry. And I mean, listen, our listeners, we can talk to her blue in the face. We can bring Chesy on and, and have you explain it to, uh, listen, you got to talk to people, right? You got, you got to talk to your, your financial advisors. You got to talk to, to uh, other board members. If you're looking to be a board member, you got to have good paperwork. Right. You got to look at the paperwork and make sure that it's good. Right. So go speak to your professionals so that they can give you assistance and guidance in terms of what is good and what's shit. Right. Because that's what they're paid for. Don't be cheap. Don't be cheap on this stuff, people. Right. Don't be cheap. Don't be cheap on your paperwork. Yeah. Don't be cheap on, uh, on on covering one another in terms of what happens in the event of an exit strategy. Right. Yeah. Like I say. I deal with startups all the time. Like I, and I've signed on Friday afternoons, I've signed, been the witness for share sales. Like I, I've, I've seen it all. And what I always tell folks is stop looking at legals as a fee. And it's an investment. And I've always said that. And people are like, what are you talking about? Legal fees are investment. They're an investment in your future. These are not things you need to look at and go, oh, that costs this. I got to cut this. Those are the things that actually invest in the actual future growth of your company because you may need to exit a partner. A partner may exit. It's There's a million 100%. reasons why. As I said, mine wasn't a business decision. It was a family decision. It was like, yep. you know, you know, when I got off, I got off a two-hour call with my old business partners and I, I walked out of the room and I looked at my now ex-wife. I said, I think I just sold all my shares. And she said, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And within two yeah. weeks, I had started Innovate. Um, but it was a discussion with my partners where they said, you know, I don't know. They, I had children before them and they were starting to have kids. And my one partner said, I don't know how you did it with one kid. Never mind two. Cause you know, my, you know, my, my son who was probably five at the time was waking up at five o'clock, five fifteen to make sure he saw me before I left. And I'm like, this is not life, right? Like life's no. too short. Um, but we had invested in those uh, beforehand. So it was all right. Like, so I keep telling people any startup, it's an investment in your future. Um, legals are not viewed as fees. Now, Eagles can be viewed if he's later on when you get in trouble or whatever, but yep. setting up your corporation, paper it, as Bondo said. Yeah. But also your insurances, get those in place. Yeah. Get those in place, right? Because you know what? We never know what's going to happen. And we know we're all going to die. Right? Yeah. I hate to be morbid, but it's going to happen. 
Well, I mean, we, know, Mondo, we all experienced it. One of our one of our closest buddies, who's a doctor, uh, you know, had a yeah. stroke six years ago. The healthiest guy we all know. I had worked out with Healthy. him in the morning, and our yeah. other buddy was was getting worked on by him at uh, at at lunch, and it happened. And if you asked anyone, um, I probably would have been more first out of the gang we had out than last. <laughs> and you know, it's important. And as Curry knows, the first thing that we did is he talked to us about critical insurance. All of us as our group. I have I have it now. You know, um, critical illness. Um, so I investigated after the fact is it, it, it happened, you know, we had a, a friend with, with some serious issues that no one saw coming at a young age, 36. And, you know, I, I, I say this facetiously, you know, in a way to prove it, but like the year that that happened, business was good that year, uh, because it scared the living crap out of all of our friends, because that's how healthy Scotty was. Yeah. Like that's how healthy he was. And we, we were just like, if that guy can have a stroke, um, anybody any of us can and yeah, I, you know i worked like, out with him that morning and i had been as yep, you guys know i was in a boxing event so uh for months probably six months i trained with him every morning and then he would fix me and put me back together and and he had bought me a massage at his clinic to use after the fight i was back in there at three o'clock in the afternoon and couldn't figure out what was going on i'd seen him hours later and the time i was in there he was actually on a table in hamilton getting worked on so you know it was i think it was an awakening for all of us to say like holy shit like if the healthiest guy in the world is, is this is, you know, this is real. Did you yeah. did the MS boxing event? Was that what it was? Uh, yeah, I did that. Uh, That's I, a really cool event. Yeah, I was did fortunate. You win? I, I did not win. Uh, I gave it a hell of a shot. Uh, the thing I, that, wise there you go, wise ass. There these guys go. walked me to, a couple of these guys walked me to the ring. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. The thing, the That's thing cool. I was proud of is I, I, I never asked for money personally to raise money. I've never done it ever. I, you know, I support wise guys. I support charities. I was always involved in the, the JCs and doing things with big brothers, but never had said, Hey, can you sponsor me? And, uh, I raised the most money at any boxer out of the, whatever, 20 boxers. Uh, so you did win. You did win then. That's good. In, in that case, I, I think, yeah. I think I did. It was awesome. And I was fortunate for that, uh, that Brandon and Josh, along with, uh, uh, about six or seven other buddies walked me out to the ring, all involved with the wise guys charity. Hence my name, wise ass. Um, yeah, it was, I wasn't I done, there. I just got a hat. Yeah. Oh, sorry, bud. There was, there was, uh, I wish I, I was, I wouldn't recommend having your first fight in front of 1500 people. It was a sanctioned boxing match. So I'm Owen one as an amateur boxer in the province of Ontario and getting to my first fight at 42 is probably also something I wouldn't recommend. I said it was my first sober fight in 20 years. Like, <laughs> Chesney didn't win the charities one. Yeah. Hey, we well, maybe good, you shouldn't have been sober. You know what? We gave it a good, we gave, <laughs> the guy and I gave it a good tilt. Uh, nodded at the end of it. I didn't come up and on top. Uh, also my strategy was a little off cause he was uh, 30 pounds heavier than I am. We had to get within 10. So the uh, week and a half before the fight, I was eating nothing but like gnocchi bolognese, which was not, I should have fought about 15 pounds lighter than I did. Yeah. <laughs> is what a little bit of whiskey in you. You got it. I still box three times a week though. So that's old good. Guys still that's, good. that's fantastic. Let's sign up Curry or uh, or, uh, or Bondo yeah, nah. to, to oh, go got, against each other. Yeah, nah. I, would, each other. I wouldn't go with Bondo, but I'd spar with Curry for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we do that already. Why would we? Like, we just I know, do but that. If I got Why to hit you, it feels so good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that could be another poll. We, 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 we could raise some money for that. We raise some money for that. We were checking all the hotel and he almost got knocked out actually on Sunday. So He gets so angry. He gets so angry. Oh, guys, I could tell you Curry stories right now. You just howl. And, and sorry to the audience, but this is like so laser focused. You can tell him anything doesn't matter. And then he goes, shiny things, squirrel. It's, it's, <laughs> he's yelling at me to meet him at the checkout, and then he's nowhere to be found. 
Yeah, no, I, I it was it was a good resort. What can I say? Um, what was it gonna? So, I guess to to uh, you know, like to basically to you know, like to anyone that doesn't have these the the you know a buy sell agreement agreement in place or properly funded cons um is is you know like what what like can you give me examples of something that's happened that like you know because i i do hear this all the time oh it's too expensive or all this but but it's some serious shit like guys like i i like it's not something to shake a stick at like do you have any examples uh you know chez or or bondo where you know it you've seen it happen and it, you know, like a very a similar example to me, like maybe a disabled well, partner or anything of that say, nature. I'm I'm not uninsured here. Let's not let's not push that. I do have insurance. I've got <laughs> you do insurance. I'm not going to go broke if I die. My family's not going to be in the poverty stick here like that. So he's up uh-huh. a little bit here. You know, it's not terrible. Uh-huh. I don't need to. J- Jill's listening. I was seven in million dollars in my my wife's <laughs> pocket. You know, so he's up a bit. He's up. If you asked her, but, she might uh, feel otherwise, though. I but think she'd saying. feel otherwise. Well, she, yeah. she but, doesn't need to be living with Elon Musk, you know, if I pass <laughs> away here. Like, you I, don't need to give incentive to kill me. I have the same principles as you, call I know. Like, Although I do geez. have I have insurance uh, 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 with Brandon. I actually, responsibly, it goes to your life, too. I've had insurance. I've been, uh, I've been divorced for 10 years, and I've had insurance on myself and my ex-wife for 10 years because – you know, we're both a policyholder. Something happens to me, something happens to her. The kids still need to be raised, right? Yeah. But but to my point with Curry, like I, I actually brought it back because I thought, oh my God, like everyone's gonna be partying like rock stars when I'm gone here. So right. it was the same thing. I was I was worth more day. There's just too much incentive you're yeah. giving the wife to yeah. you know, give you some extra food and some right. that extra beer and, right. and no one would make be it like, last oh, to die. I, yeah. be, you know, Chez pissed me off and no one's going to doubt that. It's not going to make him <laughs> such a quiet, nice, calm guy. Yeah. Yeah. We just make a real policy. Just in all not, seriousness, not he, too much. Not too much. You know, let's well, he, just he, has he, to be careful if he's getting invited to go skydiving or bungee yeah. jumping. Yeah, exactly. There might be another That's when I get my 50th, is, yeah. 50th birthday. Here's some skydiving. Curry went nice. scuba eating the other day, and I tried to give the uh, instructor a couple extra dollars to weigh down the boots, but he wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Lessen the tank a little bit, eh? Yeah. I ran out of air five minutes in. What yeah. the hell happened? Yeah. Um, Can't you get a last to die policy, though? Yes, you can. Yeah. There's there's a yeah, joint last to die policy. Make sure there's it goes a, to the There's kids. a bunch of different things that you can do. But the fact of the matter is, is I've seen it way too often, you know, and it, you just, it can sink a corporation. Like, like I said, your corporation and your personal life are mutually exclusive. You know, your business partner should be needs to have the money to pay out the estate of the shares of the deceased or, or critically ill or disabled partner in order to keep moving on. Otherwise that is can... a second wife. It really yeah. is right. Like you're married twice. Right. If you got a business partner, hundred well, percent, you're married in your you're case, married. you got to buy it. If something happens to your partner or, or pseudo, like the other way, you got to buy out a book too. Right. Yes. Like, yes. Like and then you need to have staff to help mm-hmm. manage that book. So it's not only that you right. like, yeah, you, you gotta keep the you gotta keep CR Smith running. Yeah, it's as and big so as the organization is, right? Like the the importance a lot of times is as big as the organization is. If it's a very small operation, sole proprietor, right? Well, you don't well, need like, tons of this stuff, well, right? My, but once my, you get into partnerships and multi-layers, right? The the more multifaceted, multi-layered it is, 
the more paperwork you need to cover off uh, the different interactions and connections, right? Well, and I think, you know, Doug, my the, the president of the organi- of Searsmith, the, the one that, that the three of us are, are, are buying out, you know, he jokes all the time. We, we locked that in 2018 in a buy-sell agreement and he had it financed on his life and mm-hmm. the whole bit and critical illness. And, and I'm, you know, all joking aside, but he will just, he will basically say, what, where were we? We were all, hey, Mel, what's going somebody? on? Mel. Um, I thought we so, were abandoned. Yeah. But uh, she, like, basically, uh, um, he was out golfing. We were, we, like, the four of us, as you know, we, we, we went out for a conference with, with, with Sun Life, which is the, our, our broker. And we, uh, we've missed you too, Mel. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we flew out to BC and, um, to, for a conference, and we had some downtime. And, you know, as you know, Dougie likes to golf. So Dougie went out golfing and uh, I'm sure a bunch of you have seen the pictures in the golf course where he was uh, brown bears go on the golf course. And these cubs were like playing with the, the, the flag, which is hilarious. And you know, <laughs> he's, he's in, he's in the, he's in the cart. And so his one, his golfing partner goes and he takes, takes a shot. And so Doug in his infinite wisdom goes and takes the cart and he's like within like 10 feet of these cubs. And we're like, what the, and takes pictures. He's like, look what I saw. And the, and the golfing partner turns around and he's like, what the hell are you doing? It's a brown bear. He's like, well, I wanted to get a photo. And then we all joke. We're like, we almost had it, almost had it, you know? And the, cause he, he always jokes. He always jokes. He's like, insurance is the cheapest way to buy me out, boys. Mm-hmm. And like, because it is the truth. When you factor in the premiums that you have to pay, this is exactly what uh, um, uh, what Josh was alluding to and what Jeff was alluding to. It, you know, these premiums, when you cost per 1000 is dirt cheap what you pay for in order to get the equity in order to buy the, the, the person out. Um, it is a, it is a line item on a, on a balance sheet. I don't deny that. And it is sometimes hard to swallow, but you have to understand that, uh, you know, he, that, like that's something that could have easily. And I, I say, like, I love, I love Doug and we all do, we all know him, but it, it's, it easily could have gone the other way. Very quickly could have gone the other way. Sure. And you know, the next thing, you know, like, we're, we're sitting in a, like in, in a, in a surreal moment. And, um, it's something that's extremely serious. Um, you know, and I get questions like, why am I worth dead more than alive? Well, it's called the time value of money to a calculation. If you take your, if you take your, what you're making now, you index that to inflation and you go until the day that you're retired and you put into a calculator. Okay. How much do I have to have in my account today in order to make that exact same amount of money? Well, when you factor in inflation, that's why you're worth dead more today than you are alive than what you're making. It, it's just a simple math equation. Yeah. Um, it's nothing. It's nothing. Like you know, we don't just make this up. And then when you look at what what uh, what Chaz just finished saying about the organization, like he 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 touched on a really key piece there. If even though Jeff wasn't making any income, like they were dividing themselves out, but like specifically T four income, if he passed away. How is that? How is that income going to get replaced for the organization? Like that's huge. So, considering he's a founding partner, so those are those are all things that you have to look at. And these are all how governance and bylaws are done, and and uh, something that you know I've I, I've with my 
my two other business partners um, have relied heavily on Bondo and Jeff uh, Chesbro for advice on how to structure different things. So I don't know. That's kind of key, I think. Anything else, uh, Jeff? Uh, Chez, is there anything else that you are that we did? You got to just call him or? Jeff because the Jeff Jeff thing is <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Well, Jeff. I mean, Jeff. I mean, each 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 instance is different too, right, Brandon? And and you and I are yeah. are partners in in a real estate investment group as well, and yeah. and I sit on the board of that. And my role was literally, you know, here's the templated bylaws that we received, or the bylaws that were suited towards us as a uh, as Josh's office helped us with, but. There was literal decisions, you know, how does, how does executive decisions get made? Uh, you know, one of the things I flagged and it wasn't on anyone's, but it was, um, you know, that in the bylaws, the way it read that two out of three people could have a meeting and the third one not be there and the decision we made, that wasn't the intent of our group. So those are things we changed and said, no, 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 we got to be three for three on any meetings. Um, and, and it's, they're small things, but you know, when we're all buddies, it's great. Um, right. but these are the changes you make when, you know, stuff goes south in whatever way. And it's not that that's going to happen, but the idea is, is as a board member, I want to be able to tell the rest of the investors as well. You know, all of us have to be in the know because if I was an investor and they always sent the bylaws and they said, well, two out of three, I'd be like, you only have three. If you're like 12 out of 16, I, I get it. Different story. You. you can't line up three people and there's 13 people total in the group. Mm, no, doesn't fly with me. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, Bondo, anything but else? A lot of people add? don't think that way, Chess, right? But that's the thing, right? Like a lot of people eh, don't half-ass shit when it comes to your business. Don't half-ass it. Know about it. Read the paperwork, right? Like yeah. there's certain things like we send you a final report after you buy a house. Meh, you can read it. Maybe not, right? You get a shareholder's agreement or your bylaws, read them. Read them. Know what they're about. Make sure they're there. Make sure they make sense in terms of the way you want to run your organization. Well, and if you don't, you're almost doomed to fail from the beginning, right? Yeah. Well, doomed to fail without it. The reality of it is, Jeff, no, right? Because 90% of the time, 95% of the time, you're going to be able to skate even with a piece of shit set of bylaws. Right. It's that 5%. But that 5% blows up, Bondo. That five huge the world. So it's like, you know, going through um, director's college and, and the innovation governance programs and things that I, I do. And I constantly go uh, through McMaster and do courses as well at, at their director's college. Like it's, I've been yeah. doing this for a bunch of years. And the, the whole point of it is, is ask questions. So yeah. when I, well, even when I mentor my day, my day job, I work with tech companies, and I ask questions and, you know, I am only getting the information that those tech entrepreneurs are telling me. So it's a, it's a, it's not a full piece all the time, but I tell them out of the gate, listen, I play devil's advocate. These are not pointed questions. These are just questions I have. And when, you know, I, we always say around the board table, the question has to become from positive intent. Once you're trying to submarine or have those gotcha moments, I don't want to be a on a board with you or be involved with you. Cause that's, that's not what it, a board director isn't there to get you. They're there to bounce it off, to ask the questions, to have that, you know, we're not there every day, right? When Information you know, gather, right? You got it. When I'm sitting, I was on the board of a, a, an organization with $26 billion in assets. I'm not there every day. I'm there in cycles of committees and things. So I don't pretend to be smarter than anyone around the table. It's just ask those questions. And half the time, I have to be honest with you, I ask questions where everyone, I'm the guy who doesn't care about the emperor's not wearing any clothes. If I ask a stupid one the odd time, sure. A, you got to limit them, but B, it's hilarious when you ask a question and you see all the board directors just terrified because they're like, Oh shit. I, I didn't, I'll be like page 16 is missing. 
everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's missing a wine too. Like, well, why did no one, <laughs> no one say anything? Like it, it, so like there's, you know, you're there for a we thing. It's the folks, as I said, but the whole goal is to ask questions and not ask every question. Cause if you ask every question, the board meeting is going to go on forever. Um, so you yeah. gotta, there's a, a focus. You gotta know when to ask it. There's an art to this, but um, you know, in my day job, everything I do, I ask questions as you guys would know. Yep. Uh, Listen, though, a lot of times the problem I've seen, I've sat on a lot of not-for-profit boards as well, is a good number of the people that are there are not there for the right reason. Yep. Right? Yep. And they're not putting yep. in any time or effort more than what they have to to achieve that very shallow goal. But that's involved with like, that's your governance and nominating committee too. And that's your culture of that yeah, board. I don't true. not yep. want to be on that board. If if someone walks in and says, I didn't have time to read, get yep. the hell out because you're not doing any justice to A, your fellow board members, or B, the organization you're supporting, the CEO, the staff. Like you I know don't what? disagree. Yeah, I don't like, disagree, Chess. But it, but you're right. It's more common than uncommon, Mondo. Unfortunately, yeah. it's you know, I put my name on it. I didn't, I've never, I don't even know what sitting on a board really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it looks good on my resume. Cause I can say I was this and that. Exactly. And those are the ones where you're like, you know, I'll have a beer with you. I'd love yep. to have a beer. Let's go for lunch. But I do not want to sit next to you on this. No. Um, and, and sometimes we call them knife and forkers in, in the, in the oh, volunteer yeah. world. Right. Yeah. You know, they come out for the free dinner, but they never do the heavy <laughs> lifting. Right. <laughs> no, so, never heard that, yeah. Knife never and heard that, yeah. Did sense. you coin that term? That was a really probably good back. Term. Probably back in the late 1800s, I did. Yeah. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. There you go. Hashtag knife and forker. I got my own shirt. my own shirt. Yeah. Hashtag knife and forker. But no, honestly though, like it's something that, uh, like you know that you know Bondo. That's something that why one of the uh, one of the reasons that you and I both both left the board, and it's another reasons why that uh, you know um, you know as Jeff alluded to, uh, we're part of a, a real estate corp. And, uh, one of the, one of the reasons you look at your board on why you're throwing in money. And that's the other thing too, the, the, the people who are on the board. And I've said this publicly, I've said this to him, you know, him and I work, I, even though we bicker back and forth, like an old married couple, uh, it's because we've known each other for so long. Um, the, we work very well together. And, uh, I I've said this, there's a couple people, there's a handful of people that I would literally, as long as that person's on the board, I'll be like, yep, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, and, and, and Chez is one of them because I know that, or like he'll ask, all, he'll ask the questions. Yeah. He'll ask the questions that I, I'm, I'm, you know, because of the one of, of, of experience and, and two, yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of an age gap, not that much. Um, you know, but still there's that life experience that I might not know. And, and that's kind of like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to be in the shadows here just to kind of, because then I know at least, you know, the, the, the T's are going to be crossed and the I's are going to be dotted. And, and those are types of things that I look for. And I think everyone here, if we, if we've touched on anything in the main theme, I guess you could say is before you jump on a board really do your research and your due diligence and really, you know, reach out and ask around, get references um, and ask a ton of questions in the nomination process, because don't, by just building your resume, it might sewer your resume, uh, if you're on the wrong one. And this is coming from experience that I've never been sewered, uh, but I, I've, uh, gotten on boards and I've quickly realized that I've made a mistake and have quickly got off boards. Um, so it's something that I strongly encourage people to really, 
um, pause, take pause and to, and to think about. Yeah, and I think the other thing is you don't always have to ask those questions, Curry. If you know that there's a subject matter expert around the yes. table that is going to ask those or that, then defer them. Like that's I, what I you want to try to get, right? Hundred percent. I use an example, and there's a gentleman. He's a retired senior executive at Andrew Peller, and I sat on uh, uh, two boards, two Meridian and I'll say Meridian Credit Union and, and, and CAA. And this gentleman, Pete Patrick, to shout out to Pete. Pete asked those questions that I didn't know how to, I couldn't even form the question. I knew something wasn't yeah. right and I didn't yeah, yeah, know yeah. how to ask it. Pete was always that guy that asked that question. A, he did it thoughtfully and B, he understood the material. And so, you know, when your Spidey sense says something's off or you have a question, don't just ask right away. Kind of try to formulate it. But Pete was mm. that guy for me that I loved because I knew he was going to ask the question that I didn't even understand how to ask it. Yeah. Um, and, and are, we're not going to know everything, right? You're not going to be hundred percent at the table. Don't, don't go into it with that impression because you're going to fail. Yeah. Right. We've all sat at the table, scratching our heads saying, Fuck it, you know what I mean? Like, this is, you know what I mean? What do we do with this? What do we do with this? Right. Yeah. And, okay. and, and a lot of times somebody comes up and will generate it. Sometimes it'll be you. Sometimes it'll be somebody else, but you're thinking about it is the yep. main thing. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, but just well, look, look at, is... look at one, before we close it out, look at, look at, I didn't, I've never dabbled too, too much in terms of private investing, um, just time wise, but I, I definitely researched it. And one of the things that they told me to always focus on if I was going to do any form of our chair investing is who's on that board of directors. Yep. Right. What's the, what formulates the board of directors and what do they bring to the table? Yep. So totally. I mean, it's a paperwork is good. Your board of directors yep. is key. We're not trying to so, discourage you from being directors essentially. Right? No, no, it no. Is, We're just it is going with your eyes wide open. I think there's yeah. all the guys points of experience and just cause they're a great person, you know, it doesn't mean they're a worker. And I mean, we've seen it. Uh, Collins, you're a big supporter of the charity we're all involved with. Uh, Lindy, we, uh, you know, we all work together, uh, roll up our sleeves in an active volunteerism. We're not on the board. We're on a committee different mm -hmm. and we're workers. And the ones that don't work get pretty much not asked back the next year. Cause we don't need any of them. And, and even to the group, you know, uh, I remember probably five, six years ago, we, you know, we all asked the same people. We're all friends. We have the same network. And I remember making a comment to the groups and saying, no more buddies. There's not, no more buddies are coming in this group because yeah. we all ask the same people, people. For the same stuff. You need to have diversity and we need diversity of thought, diversity of workers, age, the rest of it. That's the other thing with filling boards. Do not fill a board up with five of you, right? Yeah. Like get right. someone else with a different, 100%. You, don't, you don't need two of me on a board. You know what a plain in the ass that would be? You no. know, diversify thought. as much as you can. Yeah. Thought, background, opinion, et cetera. But like, you know, but as I said, you, you gotta have it, you gotta have it all over the place. And to that charity, the volunteer group that we're part of, you know, I love doing it with my buddies, but I don't want to see any more buddies on there because, you know, we all, we're, we have a common mission. thought, we have a mission, you know, and last year, just for the listeners, last year, the auction that we're all involved in, you know, it's a one in November, it was $160,000 raised in one night. You know, I, I think we did over 400,000 in our events last year, Brandon, clarify yeah. if that's right or not. Like this is, sure. and every penny goes in and every penny goes out, which we love, mm -hmm. but we're not talking about raising $10 here for, uh, you know, as I said, no. November, and I don't know the numbers from July yet. Uh, I actually have a meeting with our, our friend Smitty next week to go through these before our meeting, but you know, 
this is a great impact when you look at capital projects in our region to say, you know, if we do 80 or we do 160, there's $80,000 of projects that don't get done. So we don't need knife and forkers. We need a people like yourself, Jeff, who help donate, show up at the auction, donate uh, prizes and, and, and help spend the money and share the wealth. And there's guys, you know, who we need to go like hustle, dro uh, Bondo drops off 9 million prizes at my, uh, you know, at, at my house or Scotty's house or whoever. So we need, we need all that. So when you're looking at a board, don't do it just because your buddies are on it or you all think the same because it's, you know, you're all going to nod and agree with each other and that doesn't necessarily do any good for the organization. And on that note, we're just going to wrap, but we're not going to wrap up just yet. Um, but you know, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on. We would love to have you on again. Um, and to discuss some other, uh, topics of the day, uh, anytime that we think that there's a subject matter. You might not want um, me on because what I've done is I've tweeted the private chat to all your followers because I thought oh, that's great. interesting. Beautiful. Conversation <laughs> itself. Oh, Isn't that this good? Is, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, nice. Fantastic. there's a lot of stuff going on in the private chat here. Bro. Yeah, lots <laughs> of stuff going on in the private chat. Um, Jeff, they're still we, together. Yeah, but before we... Jeff, uh, they're still together. <laughs> After all that shit. <laughs> so, but uh, the uh, one thing that we want to go uh is uh bondo any uh you got a couple minutes uh topic that's uh happening right now and then uh that you you just want to keep what what you're you call okay he's muted. got himself muted yeah, he's got we himself don't really want to hear him though. anyways <laughs> what a moron jesus we'll start so with your wrap up topic I, segment that's what i say yeah wrapped up topic segment thanks we couldn't read your yeah, lips you could uh, read the lips there. I'm there's sure no, you well, could the, read the, Yeah, there. yeah, the four-letter no word. I guess there's no music going. Like, nah, not yet. Well, at the end there is. That's yeah. a good idea. The yeah. final wrap-up should have its own theme music. Chef, Chef, no, so? we should well, get some like yeah. nice. Okay, you know, Marvin Gaye or something sexy. Once again, hey. there's my there's my addition. Like porno, porno kind of backline, you know, like. Oh Jesus! Hey, Collins, they're still together, eh? Who? There we go. Love it. Go ahead, Bondo. Take Maybe take him a host in this, buddy. <laughs> so what's the topic there, Bondo? You got a couple minutes. No. I was trying to kick a joke because I heard it on the Rosin this morning, but nobody did on this freaking stupid podcast. All right. What are you talking about? I know. But anyways. Anyways, no, kick it over to Jeff or something. I got nothing right now. All right. Jeff, Jeff what do you want to Jeff. talk about? Jeff, Jeff, Collins. either one. Collins. Uh, I found it interesting, breaking news in the standard today, that Doug Ford will override municipal zoning to allow more housing across Ontario, confidential document reveals. Anybody see that today? Yep. Uh, I saw the title. I didn't read the article yet. Me as a developer got me excited and all that. But uh, what I liked about it is he's trying to, he's claiming he's going to push through the red tape crap that we have to deal with all the time. I love the porno music, by the way. Um, but... <laughs> But the neat Rookie, part about it is he's job. trying to put down, if you have a property, say a two-story, he's going to make it much quicker to make it a duplex or a triplex because they're trying to increase the amount of housing going on because with this turn down in the market and the uh, um, the material still staying high, um, they're trying to find ways to create incentive for builders to do it. And the duplexes and triplexes, I think, are interesting. Uh, I just uh, firmed up on a deal in Port Colburn where we're going to try to build some townhouses there with the, the buyer. And if we can turn them into duplexes as opposed to just um, um, townhouses, it'd be much more appealing to sell. 
Oh, you well, still well, got to make money as a developer and all that. I, I think the big thing they need to do, and this is a whole nother topic we should do one day. Um, there's a lot of crap that happens when you're trying to push stuff through that, that in certain municipalities, uh, two of the five counselors, whatever, three of the five counselors can say, no, shoot it down. And you've got to go through OLT to appeal it. And it's just adding on the cost and how long it takes to get it done. So it's What's frustrating. OLT, Jeff? Uh, the the uh, Ontario uh, Land Tribunal. So if you're going to fight uh, a decision by the councillors, you have to bring it to that. It says two to three months. When you talk to a lawyer to hire them to do it, they're telling you right off the bat, six months minimum, $20,000 extra cost, 92% chance you'll win it, but you still got to go through it. So there's people who out there are trying to block you specifically to add cost to yours. And it's terrible because like in the one case, I'm not going to say a municipality or anything like that, but I'm with a client of mine, the city planners on board, everything's done properly. There's a, a $20,000 study that was done that says this is proper to get done. And uh, uh, um, a resident in the area has blocked it and doesn't want it to happen. So now my client is saying, well, can I even hang on to this for six more months to do it? Or should I just you know, get rid of it. So he's in that, that case right now. And this, this article came out today. So we're trying to uh, contact a, an MP or, or anyone. I actually, I'm trying to contact the journalist right now to see if this can expedite anything for my client. So it's really interesting because if they do something like that, where it's not getting a duplex uh, approved, where you can be right away approved, it can open up some, some ways to, to make money for builders who seem to be stepping back a bit right now and they shouldn't be because we have a housing I found well, it an interesting article the whole so point just of that a, just though, a OMB became the LPAT oh, oh. and then became the OLT now yeah, so it's yeah. called so the acronym I'm using I'm sorry it was OMB which was the headache Correct. so as a builder or developer if you ever had to go OMB it's the biggest nightmare because it's delaying you 6 to 12 months so it would like to expedite this. It doesn't seem like it's getting done at all. So what he did recently, which would be another topic we could do on one where he's trying to give stronger powers in Toronto, I believe, in Ottawa to yeah, have the mayor large, have a strong car to push city. it through. Yeah, which me, a lot of people hate that. I love it because I have to deal with that on in, in my industry all the time, that you have a perfect idea, you have proper studies done, a, a huge expense, which... To be honest, it usually gets passed on to the, the final consumer, right? Who's going to pay for that somehow anyways. Because as a builder, you're not going to build a house if you're not making a profit. You're not going to build for a you know, for a loss. So it just gets passed on to you. You want to make affordable exactly. housing, you got to get rid of the red tape and all that stuff. So I just found it an interesting article. I want to see if it actually goes anywhere, if it's just more smoke part, out there, right? I, I think it will go somewhere. I think it is. It's the I think he's trying to push it through no matter what. The, the mayors, this to. is all joined, Jeff. The mayor's superpower, the, the large cities in this, they're definitely, I, I think it, you're going to see different tools come out. Well, it, a couple, to to me, Jeff. the biggest problem is it gets in the council's hands and a lot of them don't read the reports you give to them, right? And they just say, no, 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 no. I don't like don't that. Read. Don't I read. Don't, they, test them on the damn thing you gave them that you spent 20 grand on it. Did you read it? Well, you know... Know, football was on Thursday or whatever. I couldn't. I couldn't get it done. Sorry, but yeah, I didn't need to watch or read it. Yeah, so it's you know, if you've got if you've got a city planner from a municipality who's saying I will go to trial for you because this should go through. What the hell? I know. And you know? part of the reason behind that article though is because of urban densification. 
Mm. right? They're, they're pushing for that. We recently had it in Niagara where regional council passed. Uh, it's kind of, it's all a number, right? And Jeff, you and I have talked about it where essentially they're, they're increasing the urban density from 50% to 60%, even though the, the Ontario government said it doesn't make sense to be doing so, but that's where this article is coming from, right? If it's duplex, triplex, fourplex, anything multifamily, that's what they want to do. Yeah, makes it affordable, right? That's that's yeah. the way they're doing it by uh, making it takes up less attached, space too, right? Attached yeah. housing. Yes. Well, stack yeah, houses, right? They're big choices, again. right? Expand out or expand Jeff's out. Jeff's loving the poor music here. No, and no one even hears it anymore. That's the <laughs> best. Just blends in. It's the yeah, best yeah. conversation. Very smart. This is the most. This is the the, the the most highbrow conversation of the last hour and a half. Yeah, we're listening to porn <laughs> music in the background. So I don't know Rook, but great job. But you great know job, what, I, I, I'd say Curry. See if you can find a, a, a Niagara counselor that would come on and kind of talk about that situation because I'd love to, to hear well, what they well, say. Well, we can get the this. former mayor. Uh, we can get Mayor Walter Senzik on, who's actually against the strong mayor program, and I'd like to have that debate because that'd be kind of cool to have his piece on it um but then this goes back to um but this goes back to like proper you're too into the music right you're too into the music right now you're like oh. it is like it's such great music and then mel just asked a question she just got her survey back just waiting for the bank to get back to me on a line of credit to build the garage apartment oh yeah that's right nice. we talked about that a couple weeks ago right like a couple of episodes ago she was in on what a pain in the yeah. ass that is wherever Good she is you. yeah Red tape equals pain in the ass and money. Oh, yeah. totally. yeah. But yeah. that's government, right? Yeah. That's no, I'm, I'm all, I'm all but trust me, that red tape is the shit that we were talking about earlier a lot of times that makes good governance, right? Policies, True. procedures. Sometimes it's, it's, it's too it's thick. the checks and balances it is. It just depends yeah. on how much you have built up, right? It's yeah. easy to add rules. Hey, we'll just add this. We'll just do this. Yeah. You got to clean it. And, and your $20,000 report, Jeff, the thing is, is that, you know, the three neighbors of that counselor came over and said, you know what? That's uh, they, those guys are competing with my other buddy. Uh, I, I they're bad. I wouldn't approve them. They're bad people. Oh, okay. I won't even read it. Then I got that's a hundred percent what happened. A hundred percent what happened. And everybody says, well, you can win this, no problem. Six months carrying costs and twenty thousand dollars in, sure. in legal fees. Yeah. You no, know, which works up to another sixty grand, which yeah. can now stress headaches, right? Well, look well, at look at all the projects costs. in St. Catharines that got shut down because of the. The, you know, the, the shipyards wanting to rezone for residential at our shipyards here. Every project had to go like, cause one per one, one group yeah. stopped it and it stopped yeah. every development in, in here and not just the one. So, and then Jeff, who pays for that? Taxpayers. Yeah. taxpayers. No, they don't, no, not even well, the, 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 right. the, the so, final, the final consumers pay. Right. So Jeff looks at it and goes, it. I got to float this and then I, I got to sell it. Awesome. And if yeah. the price is ahead of the market, I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. And that's why right now, because of rising interest rates, there is a third of all construction projects in the GTA right now have either been canceled or put on indefinite holds. Yeah. A third, 33% of all construction projects. I didn't know it was that high, Trev. Yeah, it's insane. Mel, just do it. Don't tell anyone. I can't. I actually can't just told everybody. You just told everybody. <laughs> Sorry about that. You actually just told everybody. Sorry about that. We call that yeah. inside voice. Inside voice. Yeah. Inside voice. Yeah. Inside voicemail. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. some viewers aren't allowed to be in the private chat, or no viewers are. So. <laughs> Here's my little spiel. Quit being assholes out there, people. Right? Just stop being assholes to one another. We we pulled another 
uh, pin today, we had a sale transaction and the guy was, it was through a power of attorney and the guy was incapacitated. And of course he had 10 freaking registrations, uh, notice of security interest, people selling them uh, a HEPA filter, 10 of them, a furnace, just quit being assholes. Stop it. Stop being assholes. What's well, stuff? And like, I, love, I love the porn music in the background. Lindy, Lindy, do you have any uh, anything else to add? Anything like like yeah, you want I'll, that's another so I'll, shirt. I'll that's add real shirt. quick. Obviously, we're we're this is live October twenty first. So anybody listening to it after the fact, Bank of Canada meets next uh, next Wednesday, October twenty sixth, for their uh, seven. Excuse me. Um, eight predetermined meetings, so it's their seventh meeting of the year. Uh, December six will be the last one. Who knows what'll happen? Um, 0.25. No, well, 0.75. I'll tell you, 0.75. a lot of economists are calling for 0.75% increase. Oh, uh, Benjamin Tall was just speaking. Benjamin Tall, for those that don't know, is the chief economist over at CIBC. Um, one thing that CIBC does right is they they keep him happy and they keep him around because he's one of the best out there uh, uh, and, and so well respected in the entire world. Um, he was speaking to the Mortgage Professionals Canada Conference uh, in Vancouver this past week, 16th and 17th, and he basically said uh, his anticipation is a half a point increase. He was alluding to, um, you know, there, there's a high likelihood that we could see 75 or, or one point before the end of the year. So whether that be the October meeting and the December meeting or just the October uh, October meeting, but he basically said uh, his opinion is that... Uh, where if the Bank of Canada goes 0.75 or or one point, uh, it will be catastrophic for our economy. Um, don't expect to see any decreases on the <laughs> overnight lending rate uh, into 2023. Uh, it's going to remain flat and we definitely need to have at least two to three quarters where there is zero increases because keep in mind for, you know, we've talked about it before, Inflation is is uh, is a is a measurement of what's happened in the past, not not what's currently happening. And they have not stopped and taken any breaks on these increases. So we need to see something. We need to see some stability where there's nothing happening. Uh, he feels that 2023 there will be nothing until 2024, and then we'll probably have some. Uh, uh, some decreases out there, but don't expect them to go back to, you know, the historic lows that we had, you know, through 2020, 2021. So that's my piece. Hopefully we'll see. I'm hoping we don't have any more increases because we did see inflation drop by, uh, um, by, uh, by a small person, by 0.2%. I think it was, it went down to 6.9. So that's my piece. Hurry, All right. Your piece. Give us a piece of what you just did in the bathroom. Music, <laughs> music no, just please don't. No, the music, I was, the music got you. Right? You're like, yeah. No, the music got you. Oh, boy. You look dehydrated all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, I don't really have, I mean, besides, I mean, everything that, uh, you know, we'll touch on the recession later on and we'll see. Basically, I, I'm going to hold off my comments on to, to, to the next episode, which is in two weeks' time. Hockey Canada, and, uh, the Jays, you got something, Curry. Yeah, well, there's a lot. And Leafs just, big uh, victory last night. <laughs> big victory. Robertson. Uh, yeah, that's going to so, yeah. be interesting, Robertson. Robertson wow. greater than Caulfield. Potted two. Potted two. 
So yeah, other than that, no, just I, I echo Trevor's comments on, on the economy. We, him and I talk about it quite a bit on, on the impact that interest rates are going to have on the economy. And I hope that, you know, they don't tank the economy, but I think that's uh, inevitable to tell you the truth. I think we're, we're I think on a crash course. On purpose. Yeah, they want to yeah I think so. Yep. Anyway, uh, Bondo, you want to, uh, well, thanks to all again to Brand Boulevard. Thanks again to all of our listeners and watchers and Mel for chiming in. That's great. Great to see you guys. Thanks for, and to thanks our, for coming on. For Brand Boulevard, thanks to Jeff Jesbro for coming on. The new the new and host of Professional Insight. New host for Professional Insight. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Curry, you're Bondo. out. Chesbin. <laughs> That's right. Well, that's happened many times before, but go ahead. He, he's, he's reading his shit there before him. That's what there you am. God. <laughs> see you, Mel. Oh, see you in two weeks. Thanks, Bondo. thanks, folks, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I think you guys are doing a hell of a job. And if I didn't, you'd know that, too. So uh, yeah, you genuinely us. here, bud. Thank you. Thank you, Odie. Help us help you stay informed. Ciao. Yeah. Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.